I met Doc Brown, and I go back in time. I turn the flux capacitor on. I met Doc Brown, and I go back in time and almost kiss my mom. 21 gigawatts. 1.21 gigawatts. You fight Biff Tannen, you fight Griff Tannen. You fight Buford Tannen, you meet Old Man Tannen. You get a lightning bolt that takes you to the past time. You get plutonium that takes you to the present. Be three, four weeks, and you haven't actually been able to listen to us as well due to the fact that we've had some mechanical difficulties and uh, things sounded rather kind of funny. So anyhow, uh, we're here at the Mutiny Radio in the heart of the mission. Thank you for being here on Racers Alley. And uh, a lot of things have been happening over the past month you know got a bunch of racing going on and uh boy there's been a lot of rides uh, i think the curve unit had ride the danes don't care had a ride the women's Royal ratty had a ride you know so it's a, it's a lot of neat stuff going on and uh basically uh well uh we'll go over that tonight i'm kind of uh right now winging it so give me one second while i actually put on some music and be right back sure you see how lucky threw a menu on the floor <laughs> he did. He did not want to eat. Get this yeah. out. Chicken fingers. What kind of fucking menu is this? Uh, this is my joint. We don't do chicken fingers. <laughs> Hi, cool. Can I get you an appetizer combo? What the fuck is that? Oh, that's uh, chicken fingers and uh, egg rolls with uh, popcorn shrimp. Yes. So now Lucky's like, what's the idea not paying off last week? He's like, well, I w- warned you about that raid. I thought we'd be square. And he goes, no, 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 pay me. Oh, there you go. I got to pay. Oh, you talking about the raid at the beginning of the film? I don't know. I don't think so because that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Well, no, there's my, oh, look, I'm out behind. Oh. Look at you. You leave my sister alone. May? May I? Oh, May? yeah. It's too late. I love your mind. Around. All righty. Welcome back to Racers Alley. Anyhow, uh, it's Alex here. And thank you for joining us here at Meany Radio again. Uh, Racers Alley here in the heart of the mission. And uh, boy, oh, boy, like I said, it's been three weeks since you heard from us all. And uh, let me push the record button here so we'll actually go on live. Uh, Bam. So I think we're recording and we're live now. So at 6.03, welcome to Racers Alley here at the Heart of Meaning Radio. Anyways, um, boy, like I said earlier, we had a lot of rides going on with a bunch of uh, organizations over the past weekend. You got the Dame Stowe Care running, the uh, Women's World Rowdy Riders, and uh, I think the Curve Unit Girls as well. Uh, tonight we're going to have actually... Um, the machine uh, is going to be here and uh, tell us about some stories about riding and such. And uh, got Milk Great Brian back, and he's going to be spinning some tunes. And uh, Wade Boyd, uh, Subculture Racing, will be in and uh, discuss actually uh, exciting news about uh, his other half, Christine, who's also a world renowned racer on a sidecar. Uh, she's opening a new restaurant here in the uh, Lower Hate called Berliner Berliner. So it'd be great to listen and uh, hear about that as well. So uh, give me a few minutes here. And uh, we'll get some music on, get our stuff together, and be back shortly. Right? (laughs) Will this work? We'll see. It worked. Cheers.
Welcome to Racers Alley, and uh, you know, uh, I've been told now we gotta have a little break in between music and let you all know that we're still here, especially since we've been off for a month. So, anyways, welcome to Racers Alley here at Meeting Radio in the heart of the mission, and we got Milk Creek Brian, uh, Subculture Wade here tonight, uh, and uh, uh, the machine's gonna be coming in, giving us a bunch of tales about uh, motorcycles and such. It'll be a fun time. So, anyhow, uh, we'll be right back shortly. Uh, we're just getting the show starting together and uh, chilling out before we uh, go on. Proper. So, uh, Milk Crate, let's bring on some tunes. Yar yar.
We're trying to start coming in at the five-minute mark or so every time because uh, I've heard from listeners that they don't know if we're still here or not. Welcome back to Racers Alley here, the Mutiny Radio on the Heart of the Mission. So anyways, uh, boy, oh boy, last weekend we had a great uh, uh, bunch of folks here, really. Uh, Women's World, Women's Riders World Relay, say that five times fast. Uh, they came to the Bay Area. They met at Moto Guild over on Treasure Island. If uh, folks don't know about Moto Guild, it's a great place to, Moto Guild, it's a great place to actually uh, go and work on your bikes. They got folks there. They have uh, bins there and tools there and uh, tutorials. So if you ever need to work on your own bike and don't have a space, Moto Guild's a place to do it. They're on 13th Street and Treasure Island, and they got a bunch of folks there, a bunch of areas where you can work on your bike and uh, tutorials as well, which is awesome. So anyways, the Women's Riders World Relay had a great, great time there. Uh, they showed up after the Dames Don't Care, and a few other folks uh, welcomed them to the city. They had a ride through the city, and they ended up uh, going to uh, Treasure Island in the end. So that was a very, very fun time. From there, from there they went down south. <laughs> Sorry, I said I was under the weather. Anyways, um, so anyhow, they went down south and had a great ride from what I hear. And uh, I believe Emily will be here next week and she'll be able to give you a whole rundown on how the weekend went, which is really, really cool. So uh, Women's Riders World Relay. Hope you're still out there having a great time going to California and wherever your destination leads you. You are. All right. Well, um, like I said, give us a couple of seconds. We're getting our show together. Thank you for uh, joining uh, Racers Alley here at Mini Radio. We got Milk Crate Brian spinning tunes. We got Wade Boyd uh, coming in talking about, uh, uh, well, uh, Berliner Berliner opening up here in the Lower Hate. So we'll uh, get back to you soon. Cheers. Thinking in a funny way 
fear Fear of people When people are near Fear of sound Afraid of falling And smiting the ground as well get on the mics there and let's turn some mics on anyhow welcome back to racers alley here in heart of the mission uh we have the machine coming in telling some tales and uh boy oh boy well we got milk cake brian and hello, uh, hello. yar yar and uh wade boyd yar zoom 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 and uh boy yeah it's been a crazy few weeks uh like i said we've been off and such and uh in between then uh been a lot of uh, activities on motorcycling. Uh, again, Fun Track Days is out there, and uh, they did a Thunder Hill East on October 4th, and uh, Thunder Hill West on September 8th. So, uh, Fun Track Days, uh, boy oh boy, they're uh, actually all the track days seem to be winding down. So, those boys are going to be out there on Thunder Hill West on October 26th, and uh, November <laughs> November 11th in uh, Thunder Hill East. Uh, so, uh, Fun Track Days, always uh, go see Augie and the boys. You can find them at www w fun track days d-a-y-z dot com and uh actually you know he's always said if you actually uh mention racers alley he'll give you a discount so uh if you're listening want to go to a track day get a little bit of cash off and uh on the day themselves and uh you know what's really neat about that that, that fun track days is uh i was mentioning earlier today with a customer that came in over at tokyo moto and um Basically, what's nice about the, they got the instructors there. They got, uh, you know, like uh, one in five or such, and uh, they really pay attention to you as a rider. So if you come in and, uh, you know, they see you sitting there just and feeling a little mopey, they'll actually come and talk to you. And they'll go, hey, man, what's up? And uh, they'll just go over what, uh, what you did and try and figure out uh, where you're having a little uncomfortable issues and go out with you next time you're out personally. And uh, so that's really nice. So they really pay attention to the riders. They really try to help you 
out and make you feel good about being out there as well as overcoming you know any issues that uh, might make you feel uncomfortable going around the course so that's really really cool about Augie and the boys out there on fun track days and uh, you know uh, talking about that I believe Max Klein will always be out there with uh, oxymoron photography uh, taking pictures because uh, he's really great at uh, out there at all the track days and races uh, getting all your portraits out there so you can always uh, visit oxymoron photography as well and get your pictures of yourself out there on them fun track days right so anyhow also about fun track days each time you go out on the first practice session when you come in you kind of got a break right so what they have is actually they have a uh, kind of a, like a class decompression session or whatever but what's nice is they also kind of okay this is what you went through first time out you know go from there and then they'll go okay well next time let's talk about what's coming up. So they'll actually give you a little, uh, you know, insight at uh, the next, next what to pay attention to around the next turns and such. And each class they do tends to uh, get a little bit more on the skill set as you go on through the day. You get more skills. They kind of like, actually, you know, well, they give you a little instruction on, okay, this time look for this or trail break, that type of thing. So we'll have Augie here on actually probably next week or so, and uh, he'll actually be able to be a little more detailed as far as uh, what he does in the sessions in between the actual track days but they're very very economical they have a couple of different uh, courses out there and like I said the year is winding down so check them out October 26th November 11th Thunder Hill West and the 26th Thunder Hill East on the 11th and you might actually see me out there so yeah yeah anyhow boy oh boy uh, machines in the town how you doing, Alex? How Good you doing, mate? You Good to see you. We always hang out over our local pub vendors and, uh, you know, shoot the shit. And the other day we were talking about motorbikes and, uh, boy, you have a history. <laughs> I do. I have no history of motorbikes. I've got a history of being born in Peru the same as you. <laughs> that as well. We were just talking the other night about Machu Picchu and such. It's, uh, it's been a million years since I've been to Peru. And also, like I said, we have Wade Boyd here in town and, uh, well, Milk Great Brian. And uh, exciting news. Um, Boy, you know, uh, Christine's a subculture racer. She's been a, a sidecar uh, passenger for, boy, a long, long time. I think probably, what, 16, 17 years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so uh, she's been uh, racing all over the uh, well, certain continents. and uh, International. Yeah, international, for sure. And uh, she's always worked at a place called Rosamond, and uh, everyone knows her near Toronado down in Lower Haight. And uh, exciting news is she bought the, the franchise location, yeah? Yeah, so she's got the, the place. It's now going to be called Berliner Berliner, and all of the neighborhood is totally behind her. And we're going to totally make it work. She's going to blow everybody's socks off on her great food, the sausages and the satin. She adds goodies and makes specials, and, and she has secret German recipes. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. I mean, um, everyone around is also very excited about that because, I mean, she's kind of family and um, also very modest because, you know, I mean, as far as being an international racer, you know, most people don't look, I don't know what does an international racer look like, but, you know, yeah. there she is serving your sausages yeah. every day in and she, out. And, uh, she's the little German girl behind there selling the German sausages, giving you the, the great little experience and everything. And, and she's been nice to everybody in the neighborhood. So everybody wants to see it happen. Is it, is it, is it working? And, and 
are you still open? Can we have another sausage? <laughs> yeah, it's a, like I said, you know, um, yeah, everyone's really vying for her. It's finally, you know, it's great. You know, uh, finally she has her own business after slaving away for so many years. You know, doing other people's things like we all do, you know, regularly. Yeah, she so started at the bottom. True. I started even farther down than that. Can you, take, <laughs> can you still take the sausages next door to Tornado? Yep. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, all yeah, those folks are very happy. It's uh, totally part of it. Yeah, it's uh, Coronado is the, is basically their landlord, and so they're hand in hand. So it was their idea to um, with the owner and everybody in Tornado to create that little sausage place. We found out the other day it was a balloon store. What? Before that. <laughs> There's no more balloon stores left, so she must have to sell balloons inside so, yeah, or something. There you are. We'll, we'll yeah, have to get some balloons one. and give them away or something. <laughs> a balloon store. Holy moly. That's like a button shop. You know, they're few and far between nowadays. Wow. That's neat. And uh, yeah, Tornado's out there. Molotov's uh, one of our sponsors here uh, at Racers Alley as well. And uh, yeah, like I said, you know, uh, Mad Dog. There's a whole bunch of places around there. And um, you can also get stuff to go or even better um take it home and cook them you know there's, there's a there's an array of actual sausages i mean it's, it's, yeah yeah I'm, re- I'm really i'm really glad to be getting uh, to have to have that on lower heat now because i just uh, i'm not allowed into my local vietnamese store anymore so i went i, I went Uh-oh. i went i went in and i said can we have a fucking sandwich and he, goes, <laughs> he goes i gotta ban me and he's like i was like what i'm not allowed to back in again he goes yeah i gotta ban me uh, wow, wow, wow. So we got some jokes going on. <laughs> so Berliner, Berliner's the place to go now. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you exactly. Go. You got to come on the show. Pam Tastic's Comedy Club show on uh, Fridays or Saturdays. And, uh, start shooting out some lines there. Yeah. Right on. Sheen's telling jokes. Yeah. And uh, talking about that, you know, um, it's, so it's it's everyone's uh, totally totally happy for Christine getting this this gig and uh, she earned it you know uh, and it's a dream come true and uh, you know vicariously with all of us as well you know it's, it's really really great yeah hers, hers is actually a little little longer and stuff so uh, I don't want to say she ran away from home but she all but ran away from home and you know she wanted to run off she ran off to America to live an American dream She's been here for a bunch of years. She she showed up knowing she says one word, and that was umbrella. Wow, <laughs> that's a hard that's a hard road. No kidding. <laughs> she did not know she had to that's, learn English when she got here. That's <laughs> funny because I, I left 30 years ago to go to Germany, and my the only words I knew was somebody told me just say when you when someone picks you up hitchhiking, just say ich bin doof. I was like okay, no problem. Didn't have any book with me. I went first guy stops picking up and like. Ich bin doof. And he just looked at me and drove off. I was like, well, that's a bit weird. <laughs> so, so I go to, go to the gas station. I go, ich bin doof. And they're like, do you know what that means? I was like, no. And he goes, it just means you're stupid. I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's a true story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't doubt it. I mean, yeah. You are. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a little afraid to say stuff because I, I always forgot what it meant. And it's like, uh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. So I'm bad at foreign languages. Yeah, well, I, I think lived, everyone in the world knows Americans are just not there for that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I lived in Germany for three and a half years, and practicing my German was horrible. Like, I went to a bank, and two, two of the best ones, I went to the bank, and I basically was practicing German, and I said, can I steal $100, 100 <laughs> D-mark back in the 90s? And they went and got the manager and the security and everything, because I just walked up and said it. 
<laughs> it was I was the only one there, and I was really calm about it. And they got the security and everything. They're like, what? They started rabbit <laughs> raging at me. You spent some time and, for a second. And I just and I, all, I, all I was asking was to take out a hundred dollars. That's all I wanted. Oh, but <laughs> like, you acted but, sad, but, like, give me, give me your money. Yeah, give me your money. Give me, a, give me a hundred dollars right now. Uh, boy, it's yeah, always funny a, when those friends mislead you with the foreign language. I know. Totally. I was living in yeah. Denmark for two years, and uh, I'd always get confused at the grocery store because after I'd pay for everything, the person behind the stand would say this thing to me that was something like, Bosa, Bosa, and I'd be all confused. I'd be like, what the hell does this mean? So I went home to my Danish friends and I said, look, I'm at the grocery store. They keep saying this word, Bosa. I don't know what the fuck it means. And they're like, oh, that just means if you want a bag. And I'm like, okay, so what do I say back? They're like, what you need to do is you need to say FISA. That means I've got it myself. And I'm like, okay, that's great. That's what I need. So I go through, 14-year-old girl at the checkout counter checks me out and goes, Bolsa? And I go, FISA. And she looks at me like I'm crazy. And I just keep saying it, FISA, FISA. And then she leaves. And the manager comes and she says, get out of my store. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I take everything going. I go, hey, guys, I tried that FISA thing. And they all start <laughs> laughing up. Apparently, FISA means pussy. Oh, so, oh, which no. I can say because we're uh, uh, internet radio. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, I had just propositioned this 14-year-old girl working at a checkout stand, which was luckily, luckily Bob's didn't actually I, just uh, can you over the head with something. Uh, Holy uh, moly! I, I, have to, I have to set the scene for you here. I'm living in Germany again, practicing my German. My cousin came down from Sweden, and my girlfriend's landlady on a farm let him stay in the farmhouse for like two weeks. So after two weeks is gone, I'm working as a dishwasher up in up in the Alps, and wow. after he's gone, I go on a stormy November night. It's I have to walk up the stairs. Their barns below their main house is upstairs. I walk up with a bottle of wine and some flowers. Storming, it's like there's rain pouring down. And I knock on the door like no answer. So I knock again. The door opens and the landlady's there. And I was like, Danke, das sie meine Cousin ausgenommen hast. And she, the look on her face was like, like, what the fuck? She slams the door, her husband comes running at the door, Uh-oh. opens it up, and, and I'm, I hadn't pulled the, the, the flowers and the wine out yet. I pull them out, and he just goes mad at me, doesn't speak any English. And then I repeat it, and he just takes the flowers, slams the door, and I go back down to my girlfriend. And she goes, how did that go? I was like, oh, I went really badly I don't know. They, do, they, don't like, they don't like wine and flowers and she asked me what I'd said I got one letter wrong in that whole sentence instead of saying thank you for putting my my cousin up for the for the for the week uh-huh. I said thank you for gutting my cousin with one one letter yeah. <laughs> gutting. And, they, uh. they, and they didn't get it they were like they just they were incensed she had, to, she had to go back and explain to them that hey Scottish yeah exactly and you know as far as Scotsman goes I mean Boy, I was a kid, and um, I was uh, managing a warehouse, uh, a furniture warehouse. This is back in the, you know, uh, early uh, late '80s, and uh, we got the Scotsman and uh, warehouse guy, you know, and no one could understand a word he said. And this was before, yeah. Now I have a kind of a good ear with with accents and stuff, you know. But uh, even at the aisle for a second, you know, it, it was neat to hear all the accents because I think the more you deal with them, the less you become, you know, non-understanding, you know. So yeah, this guy couldn't. I mean, 
no one could understand a word he said. Must have been from Port Glasgow. It's it really, really good. It's a very thick accent. And, you know, he gets so angry. I was like, I'm trying to tell you this. You know, and I go, I know you're trying to tell me this, but I can't understand a word you're saying. Because, yeah, you rah, 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 rah. <laughs> what did he say? Yeah, I was like, oh, uh, yeah. You know, and he asked, can you write it down? You know, but, uh, yeah, in the end, um, uh, of course, we all understood each other, and he had, he did end up taking over my position, which is great. But uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting with cultures and accents. When I went to the aisle for the first time, you know, I'm sitting there, and it's like, you're American, huh? Yeah, you're from California, aren't you? You know, it was like, yeah. How did you guess? You know, it's like, yeah. Compared to everyone, yeah, everyone has a. As, as, compared to here, we don't we don't hear that always. Where in Europe, that's a commonality where you're always going to hear, you know, that type of a, a change in, 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 in yeah. I guess, inflection or whatever. Yeah. So, know. so the reason I ended up in Germany in the first place is I just finished university. I got my motorbike license. I'd fucking ridden down to see my folks, living with them, working in a warehouse, same as you offered this amazing job with Motorola for assistant materials manager. My mate was just about to sell me his GPZ 900. Nice. Took me out on it. I was on the back, 135 mile an hour up the up the motorway. I was like, "Fuck, this is the bike for me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he, he goes, he goes, he goes 155. It was, an, I think, it was an 89 GBZ yeah. 900, like mm-hmm. with grey with grey with purple and red racing stripe. So nice. I'm just about to buy it off him, and I get this letter in the mail from a mate of mine that went to university with 90 pages. A fucking stupid bastard had taken whatever he'd taken in Frankfurt, whatever drugs had fucked his head up and made, written me a 90-page letter that was like, I can't go home, you need to come and get me and bring me back to Scotland. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me? I'm just about to start my career. <laughs> so, so he gave me the address of where he was. And I get to the I get to the ferry to go over. I was like, how the fuck am I going to get there? He goes, how much money you got? I was like, I'm just about to buy a motorbike. I've got f- 1,700 quid, and the bike's 1,500. He goes, all right, it won't cost you that much. Just get the ferry and come over and see me. Mm-hmm. So I get the ferry. I phone my folks up, get over to uh, I get to Belgium, and I start hitchhiking. Right, to, I phone and I phone them when I get there. To just over the on the ferry, and they're like, "Oh, he says he's not going to be there anymore. He's going to be in southeast Germany." I'm like, "What the fuck? He's not in Frankfurt. He's not in southwest. Southwest. He's in southeast." Hitchhiked down there to see him to save his ass. Went home 27 years later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. stayed. <laughs> I stayed. I stayed right there. I'm still here. I'm still out on my holidays. <laughs> well, it's funny how life takes the left and the right. Totally. You know, and you, you, and, and it takes a certain type of uh, person to actually just follow that. Yeah. I'm you a, know, uh, well, I didn't know it was me. You never knew, you <laughs> never knew it was going to be you until it happened. <laughs> truly, truly, truly. You know, I, mean, yep. I was going to be a sailor uh, back in uh, 1987, I think, 67. Uh, I had money to buy a sailboat uh, from a, a pal, and I was going to live on it in Martinez and Liverboard, save my rent, live on the boat. Always wanted to live on a sailboat, all that notion and stuff. And sure enough, it was going to happen. And uh, on a on a Saturday night, it's like my roommate Rick, who's an old, old pal of mine, and uh, he said, uh, uh, "Hey man, you know." All of the mates got bikes, and I don't know how to. You want to come and test ride it for me? 
before Helmet Law and shit. So I went to Livermore, and uh, sure enough, you know, it's a suburb world, but not then, uh, still is. And uh, go on the bike, and uh, just a 83CB650. It had four pipes, very, very neat chrome tank, neat looking, well, chrome accents in, uh, in the tank as well. So it was, it was a limited edition in a sense. It was very, as far as all those years of the bikes. And um, rode it around, RER came back, and um, long dormant dragon woke up. You know, I was going to buy a boat that Friday, right? right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, you need to fill the tires up, otherwise the bike's cool, I'll ride it home, blah, blah, blah. So I'm riding, and it's just like, yeah, back then, there was, I grew up without helmet loss, and then nothing finer than riding a bike without a helmet. Uh, you, you, you know, I, I've got two kids, and the week that I bought my, I was about to buy a, a Harley Sportster yeah. up, on, up on my street there 13 years ago, and uh, the, the 5 Mustang came up for sale the same week for yeah. 1200 bu- bucks, and the <laughs> Harley was 3500 bucks. Plus, I had two kids that had to get to school every single morning. And I, it's convertible. Yeah, I still have that. But uh, getting a bike's been out of my reach all the time. I've ridden a load of them, but I've still not owned one since the first one I got when I learned how to ride in 1989. Ow! I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I've been there, though. Yeah, sometimes you just stop riding for a while for whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, so long story short, I ended up, instead of uh, buying the boat, that riding that CB uh, throughout the week, I, uh, in between stores that I had managed, uh, I went by Concord Yamaha, and I was just, like, walked in, and back then, it was, uh, yeah, probably, uh, uh, they had the uh, FCR 600s, 1000s, had the FCR 400, so this is like, the 87s, 80s, and, uh, Walked by, I wanted a cruiser. No, it didn't look right. I ended up buying the Yamaha Phaser. But I put down my cash, and it's like, you know, because they let you test ride it. And it goes, well, you need 500 bucks more. It's like, I'll be back at the end of the week. But they're, they're with my sailboat money. I mean, it's like my whole life could have been different on a sailboat. Without the, I could have been a proper pirate. In slow motion, <laughs> you would have been a proper pirate. Well, here you are, Mutiny, ra- Mutiny Radio. Yeah, you're, you're, half, a, you're halfway there. Right? <laughs> Just, well, we've always been there. All you need boat. Actually, uh, Wade's an admiral. He has a fleet of four boats, by the way. Someday I'll let you try one of my boats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has. He's um, over in Brisbane. they got a bunch of kids, and uh, he made a, uh, boy, at least a dozen soapbox derby cars for that city. And you have to see the picture. Uh, maybe we'll get some on uh, Face of a Book, Racer's Alley. But they're all phenomenal. I mean, he, everyone was just so unique and cool. And uh, the kids got to go right down this big-ass hill in them soapbox derby cars. And uh, they came to more often. As time went on, I was like, can I have a car for next year, Wade? And he'd be sponsoring them cars and stuff. And uh, really neat. Yeah, a couple of them. It was the League of Extraordinary Racers. Yep. We decided to go with that to make it big instead of really small, and so I did three of Nemo's vehicles. He only he only had three vehicles I know. Anyhow, he oh. had two submarines, and then he had the, the what I call the caddy with the four front wheels. And so I made each of those, and so that's why we named it the League of Extraordinary Racers. And all the cars are trying to compete with looking as good as that Cadillac. And all the kids were actually, the more they, they did, it's like, 
yeah, there are some kids who are really yeah. especially fast, and they can you make one for me? And it was a really neat endeavor for Prince Spain to do that, uh, you know, for a while. They have it every year, and um, so they'll sponsor you with the, with a kit. No cheating, changing the wheels and stuff. But here's the rules; they're kind of a guideline. And so they'll sponsor you with a thing. I think it was 150 dollars to get in. If your car goes down the hill, you get your money back. So you just can't win. It's supposed to be, you know, your parent and kid and stuff. We just wanted to build cars and go play. None of us have kids, so we rented them, as I call it. We went and found your your kid has to come with a parent or whatever. So there's your manager, and here's your car, and you guys are a team, and you guys go race. If you need something, come back to the pits and I'll fix your car. But it wasn't, you know, it was supposed to be those guys sort of cheating on building the car and then you're getting <laughs> to be the team. Your kid goes down the hill and you got in a, an extreme, super nice, like a Disneyland theme car. And then, yeah, you got to see the pictures. Yeah, wait, throw, yeah. throw those yeah. on uh, the Racers Island Facebook. Yeah, I'll, I'll, so, I'll try. Yeah, so, so, yeah. So, oh, sorry. We have a pirate ship. The secretary goes, well, you don't have a pirate ship. So I built pirate ship. That's, we're rich pirates, not, not poor pirates. We're rich pirates. He literally has uh, three or four boats. I have two boats and the the soapbox derby car that are pirate ships. Two boats, okay. And I thought you had three boats. And are they? Do you, do you dock them all less than waist deep? Uh, I, do, you I, I, wait, do you have to wade out to them? Or no, yeah. So they're really good looking. <laughs> I, I sort of made them like a dolly. They're, they're, they're flat bottom. Most of their lives are going to be d docked on land. Um, so I put wheels on the back so you could pick the, the very tip up and walk away with it. Nice. And then you like walk. A derby you, car. Yeah, so you walk it over into the water. You push it in. And then, so I did all my homework on YouTube and stuff. And anyhow, a guy, buddy that has a real boat goes, eh, you might want to put pontoons on that thing. And phew, I want to say, good thing I did. <laughs> good thing I did. So I made pontoons and stuff, and and so the, I put a roommate, a third guy, I put it here. Try it. Go around. We're in Lake Merced, and he all but sunk it. He, he was going to go across the bay. He turns, where is he going? Oh, it's not that tested. He comes back, and he's going, I have a problem. I have a problem. And by the time he got to it, it was full of water. I have the, the life vest on, and I'm on the dock. And he goes, throw me the... Throw me the rope, throw me a rope. It was like, you have the rope. And he, well, I didn't get to finish the sentence. The, the rope is tied to the pillow that his head is on. <laughs> so I got a, a safety pillow and a 50-foot rope in case it sinks, because I don't know how deep it is. And so he, he freaks out, he jumps out, throttles wide open, it nose dives. He's in like six foot of water or less. Anyhow, he swims over there. The, the pirate ship is in a nosedive, the motor's outside spinning, everything's f floating out, there goes the pillow, the pillow worked really good, and there goes the rope, and the, the pontoons would not let it sink, no way, so the pontoons worked, and they kind of keep it stable, but it's, it's like a soapbox derby car, it's a one person, can't be too big, a uh, little boat. And and then I got a five-speed big trolley mower. You put it in fifth, and you go, and you get out 20 feet or so, and you go into slow motion. Am I moving? Is it, if you steer, you'll figure out if you're moving. 
it's it's so different. It's so yeah, life in slow motion. Nothing. So, so hitchhiking over to Germany that time to save my mate. I get there and he's like, I'm fine. I just wanted to get you the fuck out of Britain. I was like, you're fucking kidding me. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm good. I'm like, so anyway, ended up hitch- hitchhiking all around Europe for like ten months. That's 1700 quid back in the day when you sleep in fields and only eat bread and red peppers. Ooh. That lasted yeah. a full 10 months, no worries. So the next time I was on a motorbike, just happened to, we'd been all through Italy on Stromboli, climbed the most active volcano in the world at the time, blah, blah, blah. He says, let's go to Amsterdam. I'm like, on the way to Sweden. All right, we'll have two days in Amsterdam. Get to Amsterdam pitch our tents at the campsite closest to the town centre well that two days turned into three weeks without, <laughs> us, even, without us even knowing it and you're supposed to move your tent every two days so we should have known that they were like move your tent every two days so this lush grass doesn't get uh, messed up oh, you got they, so, so, so after three weeks I hadn't moved my tent Somebody gave me a bit of cake. I didn't drink any alcohol at the time for like six years, but someone gave me a bit of cake. Didn't tell me it was space cake. I'm like <laughs> tripping balls for, for for like days. And then the campground attendant comes over and he tells me basically get off of this get off of this piece of land. I'm like, okay. So I pack up my rucksack. Same one as in Eddie the Eagle movie, actually. It was green and purple. And one of the dudes was a biker on the campsite. He's like it's going to be hard to get out of town hitchhiking back down to the south of Germany. He said, like, I'll give you a ride on my bike. He had a, a Kawasaki LTD 1000. Cool. This was 1990, about October, November. Puts me on the back of that, through the tunnels, drops me at the nearest uh, rest, rest, rest stop gas station, whatever you call it here. I can't remember what you call it now that I'm talking about this. I've been here 21 years. <laughs> what do you call it? A rest stop. Yeah, right. Yeah, a rest stop. Drops me there, I can stick my thumb out out my mind and start hitching again. <laughs> yeah. So that was my that was my that was my next bike. So I was still <laughs> I was still looking to get a bike. My whole life I've been looking to get one, but you just never quite get to it. Wow. Yeah. Well, now's the season. I mean, I'm a guy that's yeah. always compulsively buying them off Craigslist, and this season from about October to February is when they're cheap. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm always looking for deals this time of year because it's it's very seasonal. People once it starts to get cold and dark, they need a little cash. They start selling them cheap, and then when it gets warm and nice outside, the value goes up. So yeah, I tell all my friends that say, yeah. "Oh, I'm really looking for a bike." It's like, well, tell me what you're looking for, mm-hmm. and I'll put it on my radar because uh, the stuff's out there, and there's just phenomenal yeah. deals this time Almost of year. Almost everything's out there. Yeah. Who's, who, who's are the three bikes out there? In which order? Mine's the crazy Goldwing with the cow skull on the nice, front of it. I just built awesome. that for Dirtbag Challenge, a build-off. <laughs> what's, so, what's Dirtbag Challenge? It's a build-off where you build a bike in under two months for under $2,000. Oh. Uh, and then there's a three-day, 300-mile uh, ride you go on, camp overnight a couple nights, and if you make it to the end, you're in a show, and they have different prizes for different categories of bikes and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's a, it's a real institution. Um, and I also wanted to give a shout-out to uh, our friend Paulo from Dirtbag Challenge. He's doing a very interesting project in the next coming months with uh, a Filipino cultural organization where they're restoring this kind of strange Filipino vehicle. It's a lot like if you've ever seen the Indian tuk-tuk. I was going to say, tuk-tuk? Kind of like a tuk-tuk. I have been in a few of them, actually, in India. This particular one is a Rebel 250 with some kind of tuk-tuk-like sidecar. 
So they're going to be restoring that, and he's doing a documentary on that. And somehow I got roped into doing all the electrics because mm, there you go. everybody saw my wiring skills at Derpen County. Go. Yeah, it's like having a pickup truck. Now yeah, you're so in, now yeah. they're like, can you do the electrics for yeah, it? Yeah, I saw like, pictures yeah, of it. Sure. Somebody didn't know how to weld, and they used mostly rebar. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. It's all made with rebar. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I went, to, I went to Asia for six and a half months after living in Germany for three and a half. And like the next bike I was looking at was, a, I think it was a KZ500 in Saigon to drive up to Hanoi. Has anyone heard of that bike? I was looking up before I got here. Uh, yeah. yeah, the KZ500. KZ500. Yeah, those uh, the Hell Rats. Uh, Jim had one. I think 8283. It was a kickstart blue one. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were so popular in Vietnam. You you could you could buy one in Saigon or Hanoi, whichever one. It's, I think it's a 1700 kilometer, like thousand mile journey. And you just buy one, put your rucksack on, and drive up the. So, so I was supposed to do that, uh, but the the American girl I was traveling with at the time, we got on a test drove. I was like, "This is brilliant." She's like, "That no effing way. Are we, are we going thousand miles?" And I was like, "Come on." She's like, "No, we're getting the train." I'm like, "So that was my next time to buy a bike," and I got like. Squashed, shut down. Shut right? down. Well, did she regret her decision on the train, though? Because no. the trains can be rather crowded as no, well. The train was... We, we were actually very fucking lucky that we got the train. I didn't even know what a typhoon was until I got to Da Nang. Sure. <laughs> so, the, so we're... They're, they're like, there's a typhoon coming. And I was like, ah, oh, that sounds cute. A typhoon. <laughs> yeah, what does that I mean? I did, <laughs> What's that? I did, you know, you were, there was no internet at the time. And everyone's like, I was like, a typhoon? Oh, it sounds like a bit of water coming in. So <laughs> it's actually the same as a hurricane. It's exactly the same as a hurricane. No, sure. It's just a different it's more water. It's, 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 just wind. The, it's just the Asian name for a, for a hurricane. It's gotcha. <laughs> so the train, so the, the swell, we're going up the, we're going up the, on the train. And suddenly we're just, we're only on water. And the train's built up about three feet up. And we're just on water. And I'm like, how come we're going to cross the freaking ocean here? (laughs) And and everyone's panicking. And I'm just going, oh, this is awesome. Like, (laughs) walking on water. Everyone's, everyone's, like, the windows are open. It's like real old rickety train. And I'm just going, this is freaking great. There's little little (laughs) islands all over the place. There's people in houses battening down the hatches. I'm like... Wow, well, it, must really. be, it must be. It must be getting a bit stormy out there. <laughs> so, so we get to Danang, and the conduct the the, uh, the train stops, and they're like fucking. Everyone's rushing off, and I'm just I'm just standing there, and my girlfriend and I are just going, "Yeah, what the fuck's happening?" And somebody comes up, they're like, "Get off the train!" And we're like, I'm "Like why?" And they're like, "Typhoon, typhoon." I'm like, oh, "Yeah, it must be really." big typhoon whatever that means still still don't even know so the this person escorts us into a breeze block building with no windows and there's this old gentleman there i have a picture of me and him and he, look, and he looks like ho chi Minh. he's the guy's about 90 and he's just cowered down behind this breeze block open window and he just motions for us to come like sit beside him so we do like this hurricane was 14 hours, right? We sat in that breeze box. There's fucking Dorothy was flying past the window. The, Holy the, moly. The, the okay. houses were flying by the window. Everything. Nothing actually came into this opening. That was only, it was only like, uh, it was like three foot by three foot. No window in or anything. Totally bare breeze block structure. And we just sat it out for 14 hours. I was like, 
Oh, that was a typhoon. All right. So, <laughs> I don't want to come by so, those again. So, so we come out. We come out in the morning the next day, and it's just devastation. There's <laughs> fucking coconuts and palm trees and fucking tables. And, everything's just and like everything's just destroyed. I'm like, oh, holy moly! Whoa, that's fucking insane. That's a typhoon. That was. That, that's a typhoon. But then the the, the next train is is. So um, that train left somehow. I don't know where it fucking went because we had to wait another <laughs> another <laughs> ten hours for the next one. I was like, "Where the fuck did the train go?" That I just got off. <laughs> but it must have got everyone off and just pissed off and gone like, "I'm getting out of here." Got in a mountain tunnel or something, you know? Yeah, it, it, it went somewhere. Yeah. So we we were stuck there for a good ass long time. And but after the storm, so fucking calm. It was beautiful. Just in all the rubble and everything around us all the thatch lying about we just write the table up put, put a chair down and this this person just came out of a of somewhere and brought us a little cup of coffee like <laughs> a cup of vietnamese coffee oh, no, awesome. no food or anything just yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't a cafe they were like they just very graciously gave us i was like fuck it vietnamese coffee is the best condensed milk with a drip yeah. thing on the top <laughs> dripping down had one of them yeah they were just trying to yeah. let's get back to normal. So I was, mm-hmm. yeah, v- everything was just back to normal. I was, I was, so I was very fucking lucky I was not on that KZ, KZ 500 because I wouldn't have had a fucking clue. I was like, I just getting a bit windy. <laughs> was the last with you when you guys all hunkered down for 14 yeah. hours? Yep, totally. Holy moly. Yeah. Now, when you mentioned that earlier, was there a was there a, a roof structure or were you? There was a, there was a roof. Okay, yeah, there yeah. was a roof. I don't even remember looking up. I have a I have a slide of it. It's a beautiful <laughs> slide. Um, it was like slide a bumper. Uh, you guys hung her down. No, it wasn't about the window was open. I swear it was like just open, and we never got sucked in, sucked out, and nothing came in because <laughs> it must have been just going like that and just flying. I remember just looking at he's the guy just kept pushing us down, going, "Don't fucking look up." <laughs> they got my, yeah. my head chopped off. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So, uh, I mean, lucky so far on not buying bikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, crazy storms. Uh-huh. Yeah, so let's uh, let's see, let's uh, let's get some music on for a second. Seven o'clock. Oh, can, we, can we have business dicks metal surf? Right. Since we're talking about surf and uh, typhoons, <laughs> can you get that one there? Uh, I didn't bring it. Oh, is, <laughs> we'll, is we'll it work on it. It's on the internet. <laughs> oh. Well, we do it. No, all we do vinyl here. Oh, vinyl. really? I Sorry. Should have all vinyl all, all the time. We're just about to do our vinyl. No, I bought an iPad too. It's funny, we're just about to release our album in the next couple of months. That's something Good. new. We'll, bring it, to work bring on. It in. we'll talk about that in the next uh, next part uh, about your album. We are. We never had a request like that before. <laughs> <laughs> right? And we found a penis too, but uh, that's a different thing. Uh, one of I our one this morning. Shane is a. Yeah. Shane over at Ben. Is a as a classical uh, pianist. You were telling that's an amazing story about yeah about movie. how he went out. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that in our uh, segment soon. Uh, Milk crate. What do we got going on? Uh, we've got local band from Oakland, the Phenomenats. Phenomenats. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs>
are, yeah, welcome back to Aces Alley. Holy moly, it's 710. Uh, Meet Any Radio here, and uh, yeah, we were gone for about a month, uh, three weeks or so, and also we had a bunch of technical difficulties, so even when we were here, we kind of weren't. So anyways, we're getting everything together and talking about that here at Aces Alley. You know, uh, we are with Mutiny Radio, and uh, we're a part of their pirate ship and pirate team. And Pam Tassik is uh, running, the, running the boat. She's our captain, and uh, she does Mutiny Radio. And on Mutiny Radio, uh, they have, actually, uh, comedy. So uh, you can always get on Mutiny Radio, www.mutinyradio.fm. But uh, she runs a couple of shows, you know. Uh, she has her... Uh, uh, I guess you could say if you want to be a comedian, you know, she has her work, you know, the, uh, you know, workshop. So you can always come in here on Mondays, I believe, from around 6 or something, and have the workshop. And if you want to be a comedian, you come in here, and uh, it'd be nice if all you workshop people actually donate 10 bucks or something, you know. Anyhow, uh, yeah, come in here, uh, catch a 10-minute skit or something, you go over it. Everyone critiques it. You get out in front of a mic, you be live, and, you, you know, you kind of like it's the beginning of becoming a comedian, and uh, it's a really nice thing, and uh, so it's like she said, it's a workshop, and like I said, why don't you folks start paying money if you're on a workshop? I'm getting sick of that. Anyways, uh, on Fridays, uh, if you all want to come in, um, from the workshop, you can always come on the uh, Pamtastic Comedy Clubhouse or before that open mic. And what's re- neat is it's like being a racer going from the track day to actually racing. You know, you come in finally on a Friday, you can get in front of people, you know. And uh, and as far as uh, coming to the clubhouse, uh, the, uh, happy hour open mic is uh, different than being on the clubhouse. Uh, once you're there, your name's released and, uh, you know, a little bit bigger, you're finally in as far as getting in to be a comedian. So it's really, really neat. And uh, I've thought about it myself and uh it's really a cool place to be if you want to start learning how to be a comedian why would you do that well if you're shy that's a good way to pick up girls if you're not it's a good way to be humiliated uh and learn a little bit of humbleness you know i mean it really is actually very humbling to sit out there and have have no one actually laugh i mean uh, <laughs> it's true i mean uh, this is why i thought about this uh, a while back i was sitting here on the uh one of her shows uh, i think it was the open mic and and um, this gentleman came up, a young guy, probably 23, 24, and he's like, ar, 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 and you could hear the crickets. <laughs> he's like, and he goes, ar, 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 and hear the crickets. Like, oh boy, well, I guess I need work on my, on my, my gig. But, uh, I still got three minutes or 10 minutes or eight minutes, so I'm going to sit out here and uh, try and keep going. Everyone in the audience, uh, all eight of us, we clapped. You know, I mean, this guy is just like sitting there just drowning, but he still has eight minutes on his time, and he's going to sit there and do it. That's what I'm talking about, you know, when, when you have your joke workshop. I mean, that's, that's this guy, obviously, you know, he sat there and took it. And if, if you're going to be in any type of industry uh, uh, where you're going to be out there and put your neck out and, uh, you know, want to be... Uh, in front of a bunch of people, you got to take your licks. And I was just talking to Pam about this the other night. She, she spent a lot of years taking her licks where you go out there and your uh, various audiences and no one's laughing. And you just like got to tough it out, you know, that type of thing. So this boy toughed it out and uh, it taught me a big lesson. I, I was really proud of the guy for doing it, for doing his show, you know. So it's pretty neat like that, you know, got to do your thing, you know, got to believe. Anyhow, uh, so here we are uh, back here at Meet Radio at Races Alley. And uh, thank you, Pam. 
time for having us. And uh, also, you can always push a donate button on uh, FM or on our Facebook page or whatever. And uh, you can always call us here at Racers Alley uh, if you want to thank your sponsors. Very important. It's the end of the year now, folks. You can always uh, either call in or have us uh, uh, read out. Thank you, Mom, Dad. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you, Dunlop. Thank you, girlfriend. Thank you, dog. And thank you, my goddamn Toyota truck for not breaking down. Amen. Um, right? So uh, thank you, Brian, for the Toyota truck, by the way. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so you can always uh, donate 10 bucks here to keep our uh, ship running. And we'll be happy to just like uh, uh, either read out uh, or you can call in and thank everyone yourself. Set a podcast. You can always keep that because there's nothing better than uh, letting uh, uh, folks know you appreciate them, especially after a year of racing and you still owe them 1500 bucks. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so cheers. Anyhow, uh, what were we talking about earlier? What, what, what do we need to get back to, fellas? What were we I, was, I think we were, we were chatting about the, well, the last, I was chatting about the last bikes that I was on yeah um, oh my gosh like Chiang Mai in north of Thailand I rented a couple of little little beaters I think they were one two five something I don't even remember the name of them I for some reason I remember the KZ 500 yeah. from Vietnam but in in Thailand it did I don't think it had anything on it I think the guys built them themselves driving around in the jungles there with this with the uh, literally snakes like 10 foot long snakes that yeah. somebody ran over in front of me <laughs> right over the head and it was writhing about I had to go around that one Holy moly. But, but the one the one person I was riding with at the time then um there's there's so, I don't I, I don't remember what the name of it is but she dropped her bike on her leg so the exhaust uh, just and it was oh, just heavy melted her oh, yes. melted her there, there's a spe- specific name for it in in Asia because people go there who've never ridden a bike before they do that always yeah uh, back in the 70s there was a commonality of uh, yeah. bikes getting the old thigh burn or the oh, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was the calf burn, the calf burn. Yeah. Man, it was blistered <laughs> blistered in the jungle Horrible. you ever do that Wade? oh, oh. yep yeah, I, think I think everybody did somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's part of the deal. <laughs> Even my leg, where the last time I did that was, I just feel that pain. Yeah, So on my 21st birthday, I stopped drinking. Because in Scotland, you start about when you're about 14. Yeah. I, stopped, I stopped for a day on my 21st birthday. I was just finishing up university. I was like, I need to, I need to get past this. I ended up not drinking for six years, but... I ended up buying a, my first motorbike then, so I, I did own my first bike ever. It was uh, I bought it off this dodgy Scottish dude <laughs> in in Edinburgh, down at the docks in Leith. It, you could find you find it in the newspaper then, like Craigslist. I don't know if yeah. your kids know, but it was in it was in the ads in the newspaper. We used to have Cycle so, Trader here. And, yeah. yeah. Oh no, this was just a regular regular rag. It just happened to have one motorbike, and I was like, I'll <laughs> take that. I go down and he's like, um, yeah, mate, uh, it's got, uh, it's not got one, of, it's not got this lever on the side. And I was like, what's that, what, what lever? He's like, the the thing you kick, the thing you kick it with. I didn't knew nothing about motorbikes. I just <laughs> knew I wanted one. I'd never, <laughs> never been on one or anything. And he's like, what I do is I just run down the street with it and I just jump start it. And I was like, so I was like, I was like, okay, so you don't really need that, that thing on the side. 
and he's like that. Nah, you don't need that. And me being the dumbass goes, all right, I'll fucking buy that off you. <laughs> <laughs> so I buy, I buy it. It was a, it was a Kawasaki 125 red with a gold thing across the tank. Nice. It looked great. Yeah. Look great. That's all that matters when you've never been on a bike or had anything to do with bikes. So for for the first uh, two months I'm on it, I'm going to a mor- I'm going to a motorbike class. I'm like I'll, I'll take six weeks of classes twice a week. Yeah, and I take it down there, and they're like, "You're missing your Kickstarter." I was like, "No, no, you just run with it." You just run and you just like, <laughs> and he's like, nice. no, you're missing your Kickstarter. What's I was like, for? I was like, well, it didn't have a, he told me there was something missing, but I didn't know. <laughs> and he showed me how to get it working. No, this, is, was, this is a push and run. <laughs> that's exactly what it it's was. It's a new model. <laughs> I swear, I swear. Awesome. So, so he, he says to me, he goes, all right, do this class in the next class. And we'll put you in the class after that, but you need to get this fixed because we can't just be watching you run down the <laughs> run down the street every time we stop to talk about talk about how you're driving and when how and talk about your riding. We just can't do that. I was like, okay, so I take it down to this dodgy back end alley garage, and I go to the I go to the guy. Yeah, I'm missing the I'm missing the Kickstarter. He was like, no shit, fucking genius. <laughs> Dumb kid. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. so I'm like, I'm like, I think I'm twenty. Can't you make me one? Twenty one. I'm twenty one at the time. I was like, well, how much is that gonna cost me? Because I thought you just stick it on, you know. I was like, you just stick a Kickstarter. On. No, he's like, I, have to, I, I still don't know how he did it, but you, you got to strip the whole fucking thing down to put a new one in, yeah. Oh it was boy, like, it was, it was, it was the totally shaft gone. was broken. No, it was totally gone. There was yeah, nothing. Yeah, there it was, was like even the spline sticking no, out. No, no, oh, no, there was nothing. <laughs> no, there was absolutely zero there. Uh, <laughs> it was. T- <laughs> but he needed parts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that cost that cost me on top of the. 400, I think I've paid £475 for it Jeez. at the time, in, in, that was in 1989, and then it cost me another, I think it cost me just under 100 quid to put that on. Oh boy, I yeah. thought it would be more, so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it, like, I think, I, I don't remember exactly, but I think I'd priced it, and it was almost the same price as the bike or something. I was like, what the fuck? It, and this it was a push and go. Come it on. Yeah, I just kept it push and go. <laughs> I love but that. It was just park at the top of the it, hill yeah. whenever you yeah. stop. It's <laughs> <and roll laughs> <down>. like that. <laughs> so I just, I just bust up with my girl at the time, so I moved in with my grandparents. I got this Kickstarter f- fixed on the bike. I'm not drinking because I've now got a bike. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go out every night still with all my mates and now have a motorbike to go around on. My grandfather went fucking mad. He was like, that. <laughs> don't be bringing around that, around this neighborhood. There's no bikers in this neighborhood. This is a fucking nice neighborhood. What did you do buy out a fucking motorbike? <laughs> and my grand's going, leave him alone. He's only young. Yeah, he could have asked me to buy a motorbike. So, so every night I went out, I used to have to... Turn turn it off like a block and a half away and just roll it <laughs> down and then push it through the garden, <laughs> like, <laughs> through the garden and leave it outside. And every every morning he, I'd get home at like three in the morning. My grandfather was an awesome dude. He he gave my grandmother breakfast in bed every day of her life. Awesome. But when the grandchildren stayed, including myself. You got up at five thirty every fucking morning, <laughs> and the way he got the way he got you out of bed, he'd make breakfast first. He'd take it to my gran, then he'd make bacon egg total fried breakfast every time, and then he'd come in with a golf club, and he'd start at the bottom of the bed, and he'd walk in. You wouldn't hear him the first time, and you'd just hear. 
jam at your feet and he'd miss you by that and you had to move or he'd fucking hit it. so you were like and then you go bam bam until you're until you're out of the fucking yeah. bed squeeze so you like a roll of toothpaste yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah. but uh, you, at least you had some bacon eggs and bangers and yeah but I, le- I, I learned how, yeah, and I, yeah and I learned how to ride a bike over those uh, like I, I had 12 lessons which was really important because I'd never been on one because I didn't know what a fucking kickstarter was so, <laughs> so you had a push starter so I had so I had, I had 12 weeks 12 weeks of lessons and like I used to love just getting kitted up, kitted up in my CD CD gear I, you know what I still have the I still have the Scott motorbike jacket in my house today and it still fits me Sweet. from from uh, wow. 90, 1989 oh, still awesome. have it it's a blue blue with aluminum lining leather nice. short stuff still have it so if anyone wants it I'll actually wait for Halloween too cool for school but <laughs> <laughs> there you go but, Halloween's coming up for it but yeah so that that bike was awesome I used to go out in the pissing rain in Scotland and what I'd learnt on the on the course and I do I strongly recommend that anyone who's never been on a bike get some lessons especially in the city going across railway tracks oh, right, and all right. that oh yeah you see everybody yeah. down on those yeah there's 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 a there's a uh, ladies club isn't there that ems and katie are part of oh dames don't uh, care emily dames should care. probably here be yeah. here next week yes yeah there's a curve unit uh, but yeah there's a, quite a few ladies clubs out there yeah but, yeah. but that one dames don't care They're total respectful like a friend of mine emma no emma not emily just brought a bike. They invited her into that. She, uh, she yeah. So, yeah. Get, so get a couple of lessons first. Don't think you can do it. Another mate of mine crashed four times, and now he's not doing bikes anymore. Yeah, but it's I, very easy to be discouraged if you just go out there. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, I recommend getting really drunk first. That way it doesn't hurt. <laughs> you know, and then uh, next time you'll forget, and then you can just go on doing it again. But, uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, Racers Alley doesn't condone that type of thing. That we really do recommend it. So uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here and uh, drink we'll don't drive, right? Or drink don't ride. That's or, why I don't ride the street drink. from yeah. my apartment. <laughs> Actually, yeah, exactly. Home. You know, yeah. Anyways, let's put on some music, Milk Crate. Ah, oh, thanks, Brian. <laughs>
Holy moly. So, uh, back here at Racer's Alley, uh, being the radio in the heart of the mission. Yeah, thanks for joining us again. Like I said, we're actually not here for about three weeks. Uh, or we were here and we had technical difficulties and yeah, yeah, whatever they may be. Anyhow, um, you know, uh, there's a thing, uh, there's a big old meeting, like I said earlier, over at the Mother Guild for that big ass ride for the Women's World Rally stuff, right? Okay, at that time, you know, um, there's a guy, uh, Clay Murphy, he uh, is a San Francisco Motorcycle Club member, old school, uh, uh, he's, a, he's a good boy, and uh, what he's doing right now is he's uh, running an organization that he wants to start, uh, firstrides.org, it's, uh, he wants to help kids uh, love bikes, and uh, basically right now he's looking for any type of donations. Uh, for motorcycle gear for kids, anytime uh, 15, 16 on down, uh, smaller stuff is better, as well as, uh, you know, uh, motorcycles, if you guys have shit lying around that uh, haven't been forever, I mean, any bike is a bike for a kid, I mean, even a Briggs and Stratton, so firstrise.org, uh, Basically, they're trying to uh, have an organization, place running, that uh, allow, uh, you know, uh, kids who would not normally be able to ride a motorcycle, per se, and uh, 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 volunteering. Uh, he's looking for, uh, well, actually, uh, all the gear and all the bikes, as well as if you want to help uh, teach kids to ride, to do that as well. Anyway, so we had a huge-ass bag of shit from a huge-ass bag of gear, sorry, from uh, Tony Nunez. Uh, he's an AFM racer, by the way. He's a, he's a really badass. And uh, so, yeah, he gave a, a whole bunch of gear, a whole bunch of boots, and that was really, really cool. One of the SFMC boys uh, came and picked it up from Tokyo Motor the other day. And uh, that being said, uh, if you want to give to firstrides.org, you know, we're looking for any type of motorcycle gear, motorcycle stuff, even if you want to volunteer and help. I believe they're doing all this out of Carnegie, by the way, and uh, that season's coming soon. Go Carnegie. Uh, go Carnegie. And um, you can always drop off any gear at Bender's. You drop me off a uh, Kickstarter, please. Yeah, uh, we need a Kickstarter as well. And uh, yeah, drop it off at Bender's, Tokyo Moto, or Molotov's. Uh, as well as uh, SFMC. So if you have anything for the kids, you know, firstrides.org, Clay Murphy's putting this together, and uh, it's a really, really good program because, you know, we all start somewhere, and, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, and, Or if you got a kid that needs to be there. Exactly. Good, good point, Wade. You know, if, if you don't have any way to go... Yeah. yeah where was it, when know? we were all little kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's uh, a great idea. Totally great idea. We have a big kid over here, so I have a question about for a new big kid. But anyhow, yeah, if you show up, I'm sure they'll teach you something. I need to be taught again. I need to be retaught. Oh, there you are. Yeah, get you out there. You are, for sure. So, uh, firstrides.org. Uh, bring any gear, uh, benders. Uh, thank you, Johnny, uh, who uh, who's uh, over there all the time for uh, having our shit in your way. It's really, really cool. Uh, last time, like I said, Tony Nunez brought in a big bin, huge old garbage bag full of gear for the kids. That's really, really awesome. 
Tony. Thank you. And Tony's a, a, a XAFM racer, AFM racer. We started talking. It's like, I need to get me an FCR 400. And I go, I need to too. So, uh, so hopefully he'll get one out there and yeah, be there a racer go. again. 400 class. Uh, right? It's a, it's a new big thing. It's always been. Anyways, uh, thank you, Benders. Thank you, Tokyo Motor. And especially Molotovs uh, uh, as well. Uh, we're all three of those folks. Uh, it's very important to be able to drop off stuff, so it's really, really cool. And, and also play? here at Mutiny Radio, I was talking to Pam. If you ever need to drop off anything, drop it off here at Mutiny as well. That does not include garbage or uh, anything that's uh, smelly. All right. So, what? Yeah, so, the, yeah, while, while you're there, have a pint. Have something to eat at Countertop. At, uh, have a game of pool of Molotovs. Have a couple of drinks. Tip your bar Leave your stuff and tip. Those bartenders. Always tip your bartenders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, actually. That, that's a big deal. I mean, wherever you go, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, uh, all those, all these folks that I'm talking about, I mean, the great establishments to actually stay at and hang out and stuff. I mean, you'll meet family type people and a uh, bunch of cool folks, you know, so that's, that's, that's yeah. really, really neat. All the know? services. All yeah, all and, the services. and Jake, um, Shane the pianist, and Jake and Pam all work at Countertop there. The food is absolutely delicious at Bender's. Goes really well with any pint, any pint you choose, any sandwich, any tater tots, any burger. All yeah, delicious. Uh, yeah. They've uh, actually lately they just had a, uh, a uh, what do you call it, a uh, TV dinner, and uh, that was pretty neat. I think Shane uh, uh, thought that one up where you had, uh, you know, uh, well actually folks of a certain age would not know what that means, but aluminum aluminum foil. A dish with everything segregated from the apple pie to the mashed potatoes. Ooh. Remember those, man? Nice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. back home. Yeah. So. That's how mom used to cook. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that was a thing back then. It was like, you know, Spaceman or something. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the Appenders is actually, uh, yeah, they're always doing great things, and they just really did have a nice uh, TV TV dinner, so to speak, with uh, kielbasas and... Uh, and uh, uh, sauerkraut with uh, really great garlic mashed potatoes and uh, really nice apple something thingy, uh, which is always in your t uh, actually TV dinner. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, boy, let's see here. Uh, we thanked Clay over here. AFM, boy, their uh, last race is coming this weekend. Uh, have a great time, uh, all you folks out there, I believe, at Thunder Hill. And I want to say thank you to AFM for always being out there for us. Uh, my year didn't end up, uh, I, I shut my year down early, but I'll be out there next year and uh, maybe on a few different bikes. And, uh, you know, uh, thank you, Barbara. Thank you, all the turn workers especially. And I hear the next weekend is going to have a turn worker appreciation. So anyone out there, if you can, uh, you know, uh, send them a, a good shout out. And also, here. Actually, uh, you can always call me at 415-550-0501, or you can reach me at Face of a Book, uh, Racers Alley. Uh, you know, if you ever want to donate to the, to the the turn workers, anything, I'll make sure it gets out to those folks. But uh, you know, without them, we wouldn't be able to race. And uh, you know, it's a very, very, uh, it's not an easy job to be out there. So uh, yeah, are are. So uh, thank you, AFM, and thank you, turn workers, and. Uh, We'll see you next year, as far as uh, I'm concerned. Definitely, for sure, at Button Willow. And, uh, boy, uh, Wade, you got any organizations you want to say thank you to? Uh, SRA West, Wera, Arma. Um, 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 yeah, Wera and Arma. I, I forget how you say it, but the ones in Oregon and Washington also. OMRA and 
Washington, Yeah, Sorry, folks. We'll, we'll do our homework in Oregon and Washington, and next week we'll. <laughs> I haven't we'll, been there we'll in a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. You know, but uh, yeah, as, as far as the racing's all winding down, you'll see a lot of folks uh, either uh, gearing up for next year or trying to find sponsors. I mean, it's a usual end of the year shuffle. And uh, all you racers yeah. this next weekend, keep it up, you know. Don't be a hero on the last race, and uh, you know everyone Unless has a you are fun time. Unless you are one, right? <laughs> da, da, da. You know. There you go. There you and that goes for Lodi and Duride and stuff. Yeah, it's Halloween. Yeah, you could roll a ball, roll a ball it. Okay, you say that. Roll a ball, roll a ball it. Right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, good uh, good times racing out there. And uh, so wait, I don't think we got anything going on racing for the rest of the year, right? Uh, Arisha Benders. I'm going to go Arisha Benders uh, after this. Right. Willow Springs in two weeks with Wera. Okay, uh, so weeks, uh, three weeks. What are you uh, running? Sometime next month, sidecar. Okay, so uh, the November uh, the Wera. Yeah, I had that on my I calendar. I think it's the seventh or something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, our restaurant is supposed to be open. Then I can I can I can turn around and I can think about going racing for a second. Well, it's, yes. At least, for one, at least for one more weekend. Uh, 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 Mr. Lindauer, uh, going to be your passenger? Yeah, we're hoping so. He better. Uh, he's he's <laughs> getting over uh, a hernia operation. Holy moly. Uh, Eric, feel better, uh, dude. After, after all this other stuff. And, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's got to be able to put his Superman cape on and let's go flying. Well, there's no better way to Those heal people. than go racing. That's right. Good shot of <laughs> adrenaline know. heals everything. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. I, I come back from the races like, you know, three years younger every time we go to... Me too. I stop feeling pain after I do a race even though I just like uh, had a word for the, even uh, the worst race even the worst uh, even the bad day of racing is better yeah. than a day of anything else. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should you know, know, say, say, uh, uh, feel that uh, kind of that good or really close to it on the way to the races to or you know, a couple of days ahead of time you're you're well, i guess just getting excited and stuff okay uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna do good and whatever you're doing I yeah make run your, faster jump higher make make your, yeah. you make your, last you, race i left i was totally totally smiling in my truck i was like i couldn't even like suppress a smile i'm going out there you know listening to music and it's brian's truck and here you are got the 636 and you know it's been a whole battle i thought i finally fucking go well i could say that word tonight battle <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> anyways um boy oh boy and in the end uh yeah make your, make your new work and it was just like but it's like I didn't end up really grinning in the end. You know, it's just like, okay, well, we'll finish the race weekend and ride home. But it was the, the whole act of racing now, you know, is to be, you know, fun. Get away. Uh, the, 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 it's, you just don't know which way the sales are going to go, but it's still racing. Yeah, make, your, make, your, new, not, make you know? your new choice of drug adrenaline. It's free. It's awesome. It lasts for days. And you can just get straight back up on it whenever well, you like. I have a bunch of different prints yeah. if you want to buy any. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, I, I deal in that shit. Anyhow, uh, yeah, and like I said, uh, I think even, though better, it's bad, uh, <laughs> even though it's a bad uh, Ride your bike. time, no, right. it's still fun. You know, it's, yeah, sometimes you fall, right? Or sometimes your kickstand ain't there. But no matter what, you any, not any, once any you learn on a bike, yeah, you know, it's a good time on a bike, you know. 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, shit, Milk Ray Brian, man. You should have seen his bike before it got, it got stole. It was so, <laughs> all my beauty. friends are veterans. You know, they're all hard motherfuckers. <laughs> and they look at his bike, whoa, ah, oh, Jesus, I see some tears coming yeah. out of some eyes. <laughs> the way they left his bike was just so bad. I've never seen like, something gutted that bad. Oh, my, my God. Life. Like I said, we so all, apart from my cousin in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there was stuff on top of it too. It's just like R E R, but uh, yeah, it's Ooh. good you're getting it back. And I'm well, getting back, and I'm yeah. getting back into the beater lifestyle. You know, I've had too many nice bikes, Alex. Well, the SR uh, you get back on, right? It's yeah. Like, uh, what would happen right now? You need to redo the valves. Uh, no, I seized it. Uh, yeah. I was out joy riding on one of those hot summer days that we had recently because I was stir crazy at home and it was too early to go to the bar to drink, so I decided to do something wow. productive. And I decided to ride my SR, um, and I was winding the crap out of it, and it was a hot night, and at one of the stoplights over by Twin Peaks, that motor just started... You low on oil? Is that oil in it? I, I, I've heard that those Wiseco pistons, after about 500 miles, can have a lot of thermal expansion. Wiseco? Um, yeah, Wiseco. Uh, um, that sounds a good, like a good uh, pickup line for your vintage bike that you take out on your <laughs> on your Tinder dates. Maybe, <laughs> All the maybe. thermal expansion going on here. Like, yeah, we might the piston's going to heat up. We maybe. might have to stop for a minute. <laughs> but yeah, so that back, engine's uh, coming back out, and it's going to get redone again, and we'll see what went wrong the first time. Uh, but in the meantime, I've got my eyes on a little Ninja 250 because I need to have a beater again. Need to have a bike that I don't care about if it gets stolen or smashed up or somebody messes with it. I've had well, too much nice things on the street lately, and they also, gotta stay in the garage. You know, compared with that SR500, that Ninja 250, if you decide to go to Alice's or Highway One, you would be amazed how you know um, effective they are. No, I've owned you three know, of them in my life. Are. They're awesome. It's <laughs> all sometimes like, all sends a pain at all. Look and just uh, uh, body English. I mean, it's just, yeah, they're just uh, carvers. Yeah, I mean, you can get those down to about 280 pounds if you strip all the crap off of them. So I'm and looking the, forward to that. And the SR, I believe, was a, you know, that was back in the day, I don't know, way to, I believe they used to turn that into a flat tracker, right? The SR500? That was the. Everything. They still got a whole bunch of flat trackers still running them, Lodi and everywhere. And even the Mylar is a bunch of them. There's a whole bunch of them that are still running. Um,. Don't see the next one, but the SRs. I don't see too many Hondas either, but a lot of Yamahas. Huh. Um, but and then some of us actually also made road races out of them. Well, they're dead um, simple and they're easy to work on. Yeah, so I got a lot of really? performance parts uh, available for them. You, you made, did you did you uh, put a fairing around one weight? Yeah, I had I got 125 out of my SR. Wow, that's a supposedly that's pretty that's insane. a that's pretty big deal yeah 600 yeah yards. really i had i was making fiberglass then i had a, yeah. a quarter fairing bottom fairing thing uh that i put together with it and so i was going to ask you what cam we're going to run and yeah i was running the the 80 cam on that and all the little doodads 40 millimeter pumper carburetor yeah. and um i started making fairings and so there was three of us that had identical bikes they both had professionally built motors i had to build everything myself but yeah but i made the glass and i took a lot of time to really i want to say perfect how streamlined my what mine was i put theirs on and everything and and 
I did the same thing on everybody's, but I really took extra time on mine. So you had the factory uh, yeah. uh, glass. I had the factory <laughs> glass. This is what it's really, really, really supposed to be. Yeah. And this is how. And, uh, yeah. and so we, anyhow, uh, I beat them both. <laughs> wow. Of course you did. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, Wade used to, uh, back in the day, um, you know, uh, for folks out there, uh, motorcycling, you know, they didn't come with plastic and stuff. So like 70s, 80s, that was kind of a thing. But, you know, if you wanted to race and stuff, that had to all be handmade. And geez, Wade, I mean, you, you started making uh, glass for quite a while uh, back then for a lot of folks. And I've actually helped you move a lot of that glass for many, many different bikes, uppers and lowers and stuff. Yeah, you know, all kinds of stuff. And when I, uh, I was born in the city, but I didn't go to school here. And, 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 and yeah, I moved to the city, at, and I didn't know how to do any of that, but I learned it while I was here. Gotcha. And, yeah. I mean, um, we I mean, wanted to make fairings. <laughs> so uh, back then there wasn't a YouTube, and uh, folks out there, uh, listeners, uh, when I say glass, it's fiberglass, so it's like a fairing around an old oh, case. I going breaking bad there for a minute. I was like, what the hell? I just walked back in. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. <laughs> That's the next episode, mate. But uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, fiberglass. So Wade used to make fiberglass uh, fairings for old 80s bikes and uh, mid-80s bikes. And that was before people actually made them. Now, you know, there was AirTech uh, went on from there. And now they have shark skins. And uh, back then there was Lockhart Phillips. So there, there was a bunch of folks out there doing different versions of things. But, uh, you know, they would never make uh, what that Wade just made for his Moto Guzzi. And you can find that over on Facebook, uh, Racers Alley, because, yeah, you custom made a fiberglass that was never made for a bike like that. Yeah, I had to make a pan. Exactly. A custom-made pan. I pretty much only do custom stuff now, and I only do it for my team. <laughs> <laughs> and to go faster. Yeah. yeah. And to go faster, 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 whatever it takes I mean, to go I mean, faster. I mean, that must be fantastic back in the day before, uh, before they had YouTube and everything, because everyone had their own ideas to do stuff, and you just share them, it'd like, flow like a wave around the planet instead of everyone going, okay, I'm going to do it like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, ex uh, exactly. So I, I kind of got a case on that. So I got a buddy uh, that made this monocoque motorcycle frame, chassis, blah, blah, blah. They were making them back then. They made them out of Brisbane. There was like three guys doing it. They they took they took them to Sears Point and they showed the world. Right. And, and they didn't have a patent. And yeah. everybody copied them. <laughs> no. Uh, bummer. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a, it it yeah. never, it, so far, it hasn't really flown in everything to where you could hardly see, but they all have monocoque chassis try, where they try a little here and there and stuff. Anyhow, I've got one of the original originals. And it's priceless. And Yeah. yeah. Yeah, seriously, those it's like Smithsonian priceless. <laughs> Anyways, it's going to wind down here, guys. Uh, oh. I want to say thank you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you for thank you. I've so enjoyed being here. It's been uh, so chillax. We'd love to have you back because I don't think our crew has laughed uh, that much in quite some time. <laughs> you know, we'll come back Monday. Monday, we'll come back on Monday for a workshop with Pam and like maybe yeah. maybe hold it, hold yeah, it a little I, bit. I think you should. Bit of finesse uh, there. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great yeah, idea. Come tell a couple jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, wonderful to have you here, and I hope to have you back. And uh, Wade, right on Berliner, Berliner, and uh, we'll we'll talk later and uh you know be here next week 
uh, as usual. And uh, Milk Great Brian, always uh, wonderful to have you here and spinning the tunes. Yeah, so we are at 7.50, and thank you guys for being here. Thank uh, you. We are here at Racers Alley at BD Radio, and I believe we have actually signed off. Good night. And don't say no
Thanks. Thanks.